With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Winging It in Motown Radio. JJ, Lauren, Kyle, one, two, three. Let's have fun. Welcome to yes. the Snip Show. How the hell are you guys doing? <laughs> Greatest night ever. I, I think it's the best day ever, for sure. <laughs> it's pretty good over here, too. Uh, wings, two straight wins after two really shitty losses. Last two wins, they outscored their opponents 8-1. to one. Controversy, controversy with Abdelkader. Uh, we got the Larkin video. We got a trade that impacts the game against the Senators. We got a whole hell of a lot going on. Uh, just your thoughts on the week that was. Let's just, whatever the whatever those topics you want to get into, we're going to hit them all. I don't know. JJ, you just start talking now. I'd like to point out that on last week's Wim Radio, I said the Red Wings would go 2-2. Two two, so. Well, let's be fair. I believe I did, too. Yeah, but I said it first and also better. But that's because I prompted you to say it first. Huh. So you copied me. It's okay, no. Jeff. I, I, I appreciate how much you look up to me in prognostication and other areas of life. Um, that word's too big. I'd like to think that I've taken you under my wing and uh, I've really helped you grow as a person. And I'm really just proud of what you've turned into. But back to the Red Wings and uh, going two and two. It's been like real tough because... Like, they hit what we hope is rock bottom in Florida, yeah? Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Because <laughs> that was as bad as they've ever looked. Like, even when you're trying to, like, break out the, well, it was the second of a back-to-back night against the Panthers. and But, no, it was just an ugly performance, and it was ugly, you know, ways of putting the, the roster together. And it was just, it just really sucked. And then we just kind of needed that 5-1 to win that, that we got. Um well, it all you felt like it kind of changed when FNSU got called up. Yeah, it was emotionally. It was, it was more so like FNSU got called up. I mean, what is he playing like three minutes a night? So whatever. But um, the biggest thing has been obviously the lineup change. Blashill has he went into full fuck it mode and just changed everything up because. He's smart, and he sees that things are not working, so he made adjustments, and those adjustments worked. And it's not perfect right now, but uh, it will never be perfect, but it can get better, and I think that they know that. So, yeah, just a couple more. We're, we're almost there. JJ, totally cut you off. Go ahead and finish your thought. No, that's fine. I was I was going to eventually say that, and and Kyle just, just nailed it down. It's... Uh, I like the because uh, Athens you call up got Shan to a line that I think that uh, that fourth line is is way better with Glendening, Shan, and Yurko. Um, we're still missing Polkinen on there. Yeah, 
and I really wish that he'd play, but you get Datsuk and Zetterberg back together, and they look like they're really having fun, and it's not always Datsuk, Zetterberg, Advocator, and the, the second line, which is super confusing, of Helm, well, Richards, and the whole The whole night, it seemed like everything was jumbled, because at some point, Helm was down on that fourth line, and Yurko was moved up. You had Larkin with the Euro Twins a little bit. You had Abdulkader. You had Tatar, Larkin, and Richards sometimes. You had Helm, Larkin, and Richards sometimes. You know what I mean? It, it, and yeah. I didn't and mind that. It's a lot of mix-ups because of what's, uh, what's going on in special teams. Like, a couple of guys have out there for the PK and then have to miss a few shifts, and so they're just uh, they're cycling other guys in. And I really like what that's doing with the lines. Um, but I don't mind, like, when you have the, and we're not quite at the 12 best players playing at, at forward, just sticking with the forwards. We're not at all the best players playing, if you want to put Polkanen in there. But we're damn close to it. And with that, it's like you can move a guy from that third line to the first line, to the second line, to the fourth line, and you're, it's not totally egregious, and it, it's kind of refreshing. Yeah, and the willingness to do that, too. Right. Yeah, that's the best part. It's comforting. Lauren, yeah. do you have any thoughts? Um, well, let's see. Uh, the four games in the last week, I saw the Florida loss and then the Islanders win, so that was a real nice uh, kind of turnaround there. Um, I think I, I agree with what you guys said. You know, it was, you know, you would get done with the, um, the game on... Uh, Thursday was the Florida loss. I think, you know, you just like, there's not a lot of optimism heading into that weekend. Um, you know, you're really just, I mean, we, I don't want to say we went into like meltdown mode, but I think, you know, a lot of fans were really close to, um, to that point where we're just like, you know, nothing's working, just blow everything up and start over kind of a thing. You know, that's, that's kind of the mentality that we were getting into. Um, and then you come right back and, uh, um, you know, just really take it to the Islanders. Um, same thing with the Athens CU call up. You know, it was really nice to see him get back into some games despite playing like an absurdly low amount of minutes um, at any strength. But uh, I don't know. I I I think uh, you know, like you guys said, it's we're close to getting that ideal lineup. You know, the the best twelve forwards. Um, I'm not sure what it's going to take to to get to that point. Um, you know what? Glenn Denning injury. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's that's probably. Right I mean, about they it. love them. No, clear. they really do. And and you know, as a as a fan, you're like, okay, yeah, he's a you know, he's a good guy. He seems like a you know nice person. But on the ice, you know, there's there's better options. And it's yeah, I think it's going to be one of those things where they. Um, you know, if the only way he's coming out of the lineup is if he gets hurt because, you know, they, they've, they and, and if he does get hurt too, he's going to go the same way as Miller where like, you know, the first power play goal scored against us is going to be like, Oh, you know, it's, we're, we're missing, um, Miller and Glenn Denning and probably not Anderson. Cause they'll probably play him again over Falcon and if Glenn Denning's <laughs> out, <laughs> um, no, but yeah, it was it was really good to see the last um, the last two games really, but um, just kind of bounce back after crappy losses in Florida. Um, I really enjoyed that. Well, and, and they're scoring goals, and I mean, even Athanasiu, who was getting like what seven minutes, maybe at least he's playing when he is out there. With it seems like some real NHL players, he was out there with Nyquist and Tatar. And if you're gonna play Glenn Denning, at least he's on that fourth line penalty kill role. 
you know, it's not centering a Nyquist and a Tatar and trying to put him in a, a square peg in a round hole or whatever. So if he's going to play, he's 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 in the correct role. So so I thought it was a pleasing last two games. Yeah, I uh, I agree. It was pretty good. And what was funny is that even after the uh, the big win against the Islanders, we went into um, I was we I was going into that Florida game saying to myself, "We're not going to win. We're probably going to lose because I'm a bad fan." But <laughs> anyways, uh, they won and. It was kind of a, you know, obviously the scoring didn't start until the third period. So, I mean, uh, hindsight is twenty twenty. I said at the time that it was a boring game, but now that I look back at it, like those, those first two, like, I mean, the Red Wings played a really solid game, um, and uh, they didn't have to win by one goal. So that was, you know, they haven't had to win by one goal in the last two games, which is really, really it feels good, man. See, there was a lot of that Florida game that was really frustrating to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that uh, that the Panthers, by and large, it was a, a combination for me. I think the Panthers kind of let us off the hook a lot, and uh, Mrazek did what he's been doing all season, and he bailed us the hell out. Because mm-hmm. um, that was another one of those 0-0, you figure that the, the first goal is going to win, and the Red Wings get it, and then two more, just like they did against uh, Buffalo not too long ago. Although, they... They kind of dominated that Buffalo game wire to wire, and it was that was a culmination of, uh, of basically they got they finally got the, the result they deserved against the Panthers. That really could have easily gone gone sour. I thought that uh, yeah, two of our heavier defensemen in terms of usage and minutes in Quincy and Erickson, and you know, stop me if you heard of this before, but I thought they really struggled in that that Florida game, and I don't want to get down on them because obviously the Red Wings got away with it and. It's a game that they kind of like. They, I don't think they played badly. I don't think that they necessarily deserve to lose, but that was a a losable game that they won. And uh, so, it, I mean, it's, but it's tough to build off of. I don't want to 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 shit on that too much. They got Ottawa coming up uh, tomorrow night, and I think that if they keep playing like that, they're gonna be in good shape. I mean, it's it, it has been the way it has been all year. I mean, Mrazek is is freaking amazing, and Larkin is gonna carry the team and if you get dots to consider heating back up again i mean that's that's really all you need i agree let's 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 jump into the morazic discussion right now then he's you know entering the time you know what 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 day is it tuesday as we record this entering tuesday night's game he was the league leader in goals against average and save percentage he's top five in shutouts i mean we've had the discussion before whether he's going to be in a the vesna talk but I mean, he's he's really solidified himself as a number one and an elite goaltender at least this season in the NHL. Uh, are we are we waiting for maybe him to come down to earth a little bit? He's had quite the 2016 part of the calendar year so far, or is we should just expect this as the status quo moving forward for the year? I'm not expecting him to come down to earth because uh, I don't want to be in that boat. I want him to be this good for the rest of the season. So that's just where I sit. But but if he's this good for the rest of the season, are you going to be disappointed if he stinks next year? <laughs> well, yeah, of course. It's a lose-lose, whatever. But for real, you, you expect him to carry this on just well, as, as I mean, the rest of the year. Yeah, I, I, I don't expect him to like completely bottom out and turn into like a potato. 
not sure what that means, but Jimmy I Howard. Don't, yeah, I don't want him to Jimmy Howard that shit. I want him to, you know, keep an at least a nine twenty save percentage and be a big reason why the team is uh, is doing what they're doing. So, um, I mean, it's not like we haven't seen goalies sustain better than nine thirty over the course of a season in terms of save percentage. So. I don't know if I should say I expect it to happen um, because that's probably too strong to say, but, but I don't necessarily expect regression either. I expect that it's possible that Mrazek continues to play at this level for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. And if he does, I mean, I, I think that the, the fate of the Red Wings this season uh, depends pretty heavily on, on whether or not Mrazek can do that. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much already been established. I mean, that's... He's he's the man. We gotta we gotta make sure it stays that way. I think um, I certainly don't think it's out of the question that he maintains um, this level of play throughout the rest of the season as well. Um, and I think one of the the reasons maybe we're like we're kind of being cautious is that it's one of those things where you know like oh we've been we've been hurt before you know um, Jimmy Howard came into the into his career I think was it back-to-back 35-win seasons, or was it? Was there a third season tacked on? I forget. Um, but I think, um, you know, obviously we've seen him regress to, um, you know, from an all-star last year to basically, a, you know, an expensive backup this year. And I, I wonder if a lot of fans are maybe just, like, worried that, you know, they, they're going to get their hopes up. They've found their new savior and goal and they're just you know um I, I guess setting themselves up to be disappointed but i like after watching him in grand rapids over the last three years like i i think he really is you know i think he really is that good obviously there's a, a difference between the nhl and the ahl but um you know it's we've we've witnessed him um dominate at his position uh, you know, at other levels before, and I certainly don't think it's out of the question that he is doing that now um, at the NHL level. Quite frankly, I mean, I, I hope he. I feel like we're getting to the point where he's going to start getting some more national recognition, and he's going to be, you know, when you see the the Vesna candidate leaders and maybe even Hart Trophy leaders, depending on what the Wings end up doing here uh, in the stretch run. I, I feel more and more that we're going to see his name pop up on some of those lists especially considering the defense that he has in front of him, isn't considered to be very good. Um, No, not at all. And while we're on the topic of the defense, Mike Green, obviously out with a groin injury, the past, what, last game, going to miss the Ottawa game as well. Uh, Kendall playing hockey again, which is never a good thing. Uh, Overall thoughts? I know, JJ, you touched on it a little bit with with Quincy and and Erickson, but just the the thought on the state of the defense uh, over the past week. Kyle, um, we'll go to you or JJ. No, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Kyle. Um, well, yeah, like I, like I had said earlier, um, I think that one of the main things in the, with the team right now is the defense. Um, and JJ had pointed it out that last night again, uh, their two like one of their two main minute munching defensemen, they didn't really have a good game like at all. They in it was kind of impressive because the Red Wings managed to stay in the game despite them really not playing well. So yeah, you miss guys like Green and um, uh, and and Cronwell even like even though he hasn't been very good, 
Um, I still think that Cronwall coming back is going to be huge um, whenever that happens. We don't That remains to be seen. But um, Green hasn't necessarily been lighting it up on the scoreboard, really. But um, I think that his skating and the way he plays the puck really affects everything. Um, but as of right now, I think that, and it's tough to say because Kindle did get that assist last night where it kind of like, you know, it, it broke open the scoring, which is big, but I, I like, I really, it was really typical because I was like, he's going to score or something tonight. Or he's going to do something good. Um, but I don't think Kindle had a good game uh, outside of that. So, um, yeah, I think that spot should probably go to someone else. And that's just me. Whether it's an Olet, mostly I would probably want it to be Olet at this point. Yeah, that's the thing you say that Green uh, hasn't been lighting up the scoreboard, but he just uh, sat after two straight games with the goal, so he was starting to uh, to really to get to that. Um, yeah. And yeah, Quincy took three straight penalties, or three not three straight, but he took three penalties. Um, Erickson really got bailed out by what was kind of a soft call. Yeah. After uh, dumping it back up and turning it over and, and creating a two-on-one that Marchenko was going to have to try to stop before uh, Erickson kind of skated into Raleigh Smith. And I don't know if he toe-picked or if he fell down or if he took a dive, but the refs gave us the benefit of the doubt and, and gave him that call. So uh, Kindle, he did – it was a really good play that, that led to that um, that goal that he got, the assist that he got. Mm-hmm. Um Mostly Larkin's work, but the way that Kendall brought it off the boards to make the lane to shoot is something that not all the Red Wings defensemen have, and I, I think that is actually like Kendall's one very strong suit. And then he took just the most dumbass interference penalty yeah. you are ever going to see. Like he is directly in front of the ref, and he just skates into a guy, and that's a a set play for the Red Wings defense to do is is when they've got both of them chasing back and there's one attacker, essentially the the second defenseman kind of skates into his way and slows down. But you have to recognize that if you don't have the step on the guy to skate into his way and slow down, you can't just fucking tackle him. And that's what Kindle did. And it was the it was the single dumbest mistake in a lot of in a game that was kind of full of really dumb defensive mistakes. Mm-hmm. So that, that was it. I mean, he had one really good play, and he had one really stupid play, and then the rest of it was kind of whatever. Um, I thought uh, Marchenko looked better than he has been. Um, I thought that uh, that DeKaiser was a little bit more solid than he had been in the last few games because I thought he had really struggled, especially in Florida. But <clears throat> ultimately, we know what happens. Kendall gets sat for a long time. He comes up, and he plays one really good game, and they're like, oh, maybe you can do this. And then he starts sucking again. So I'm not expecting a lot of him against yeah, exactly. Ottawa. Um, personally, I I don't know if this is like, hey, let's do finally one more last or Odyssey if we can get some idiot to take him on a trade, which isn't going to happen. So, yeah, at this point, send him back down. Call Woulet up. Call Russo up. Call Sproul up. Call freaking Vili Sariarvi up for all I care. He doesn't, he doesn't have to do waivers again, right? Not yet? No, no. 10 games are 30 days, so he's played one game. Okay, I didn't know the days where where we were at on that though. Yeah, I don't know what they're at either, but I know that they're not thirty. Yeah, those and they add up, so it's not like you can like send them back down and it resets the clock or anything. But he's at something like less than seven right now. So, well, speaking of clocks, Alexander Barkov got his clock cleaned by <laughs> <Nice>. Justin Abdelkader. <laughs> sure did. Uh, Abdelkader will not 
receive a call from the the Department of Player Safety for his hit. Um, just everyone's thoughts on the hit. I mean, I personally thought it was a clean hit. The way Barkov's position was and his head was down, you know, Abdelkader didn't lead with the elbow up or anything. He, he had everything tucked in. It just circumstance where that's a play where you got to be like, look, guys, keep your fucking head up in the game. Uh, right, right move. Even though Florida was pissed by the league. Uh, yeah, I think it was uh, the right move. Um, it looks bad. I mean, you see his head get like popped. Um, but it, it, again, that's because of the way his head was positioned. He had he was staring at the puck. Um, Advocator came in. He drove with the body. He went into the chest. Wasn't and, a late hit or anything either. So no, no. Barkov had his chin literally like almost tucked into his jersey and. Advocator went for a hit right into the chest, which is legal, and it popped his head. So, I don't know. I mean, they he could have gotten one game, and I wouldn't have. I mean, I wouldn't have been angry just because of the injury. I'm actually surprised he didn't get a, even a call or like a fine or something. But um, just because he has been here, been in this situation before. But you know, it is what it is. I'm glad he's not. Uh, I'm glad he's not uh, injured, and I hope that Barkov is okay because that's. You know, I don't know. I, I, I personally think Florida was just keeping him out of the game just in hopes of maybe, you know, getting a little bit of a justice on that. But that's just me. So, Wait, what you do thought I they intentionally benched Barkov to, like, get Ablicator suspended? Yes. It was a 0-0 game at the time of the hit, though, so... Yeah. <laughs> he didn't play tonight, either. Well, they're not going to... Yeah, well, they're not going to suspend him. They're not going to suspend him in the middle of the game. <laughs> that's dedication to the role, to the act, though, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I you're 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 division your division rivals. So I mean, you're whatever. That's what I Maybe think. Maybe if you can get like Dotsuk or Larkin sat, but yeah, I don't, I don't think they're gonna sit like one of their best forwards just to try to get Ablocator in trouble. Well, I, no. I think it's fair to say that if Sean Thornton played the game, that hit never happens, right? Oh, naturally, and they, he's going to play on March nineteenth, and yeah, because he'll be able he'll be able to everybody. he'll be able to catch. Any of them, he'll uh, sucker punch Ablocator. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, I kind of wrote this up as a bullet, just like because I thought that we'd have to spend more time talking about it. As a, you know, they made this decision based on the injury and and not, nothing else, and then they decided not to do anything, which I thought was the right call. Let me preface this by saying that I think that I'm not comfortable with the Ablocator and Barkov hit. Like that is no longer a hit to me. That's like, oh, that was amazing. I love watching stuff like that. It was. Just it's one of those things that that happens and you kind of live with. And I'm glad that like when Barkov went down, he didn't start shuddering like Jakub Voracek when Cronwall nailed him. Yeah. Um, so it's not something I like to see. But as far as the rules of hockey, I think it was within it. And a, and a lot of the questions that people have, like he lifted during the hit. Well, no, he didn't. That's kind of the feature of how when you check people, all that energy has to go somewhere. And if you're the one delivering the check. Um, as the return hit kind of shutters back at you, you kind of go up. Um, Barkov was lifting his head at the time of collision, so Ablocator, there's a lot of argument, well, Ablocator should have you know, stayed down and gone through the chest. Well, no, because then he's essentially leading into a hit with his own head, and nobody in their right mind does that. Uh, he didn't leap into it. His feet slightly came off the ice because, again, that's a feature of when you hit somebody. There is a specific difference between launching. He kept his his arm in 
And then it flared out afterwards, which is, again, a feature of hitting a guy like that where it is not a problem. So, I mean, there's a lot of complaints out there where it's people just kind of don't understand the rules and don't... They're um, just grabbing. They're just trying to find... a good find. grasp on the rulings. It was... And I hate to say keep your head up, but that's that's what you got to do. And I don't want an NHL where guys are allowed to skate with their heads down like that and then just draw penalties because I don't think that makes anything any better. Mm-hmm. I'm with you on that. I think that everybody should keep their head up, but um, sometimes that's just not your second – that's not your instinct, and that's okay. I know that Barkov is a good hockey player, and he knows better, but, you know, so – it is what it is. Uh, I just hope that he's okay. Advocator isn't hurt, isn't held out of the game at all. So um, hopefully, Advocator maybe thinks twice about laying a hit like that just because. But because if something like that happens again, he'll probably get a call. Yeah, because I don't think Advocator is smart enough to like really do those hits well, considering his history. No, he uses he uses his his speed and his size to lay the body on people, and sometimes that's not the greatest way to go about things. Not saying that he's fast, by the way. Well, someone who is fast is Dylan Larkin. <laughs> and uh, looking at the bullet point here, we have NHL Awards Watch, and we briefly touched upon Peter Mrazek's candidacy for the Vesna and just his season where you expect him to be. But, Lauren, I ask you, with McDavid back doing McDavid things and Eichel playing well and the 34-year-old rookie in Chicago putting up points, <laughs> do you think Larkin can win the Calder. I mean, I know we, we talk about this a lot, but I mean, has, has anything changed? Do you think after his all-star showing and everything that, you know, he's, he's even more of a factor to win it? Um, I think a lot of it is going to depend on the rest of the season because I, I feel like now with McDavid back, like every, it's almost like you have a few guys that are kind of like on the same level because you have McDavid because he's McDavid and you know, he's going to get votes you know, even if he just, like, the whole Oilers team just implodes on the ice, like, he's still going to get votes because he's scoring, like, their only goal in blowout losses. And they're days. flashy. Yeah. Um, that's Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, and obviously you have Panarin, who I believe, is he still leading the points race? I know he and Larkin are, like, tied yeah. with goals yeah. now. But he, okay, yeah. so he's still leading the points race, but... Um, and then you have Larkin, like I said, tied with goals, but uh, several years younger. So I feel like, I mean, even those three, you can almost kind of put on like an equal footing. Um, but I think, yeah, I, I think it's, it really just comes down to the last 30 games or so of the season. Um, if, you know, if Larkin just continues his, his scoring pace and um, takes over the, the scoring lead, I, I think... Um, I think he's got a real good shot to win it. Like, I don't think that McDavid coming back automatically means that he's going to get it because he did miss so much time. So personally, I think that I don't know if uh, Larkin's going to catch Panarin in terms of the, the points race, which is fine. So he's I don't got think to pass him in goals though. If he wants a chance. Yeah. I don't think, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen, but um, <laughs> this is just funny to me because you know how everybody just loves plus minus. Um, McDavid shouldn't even be great stat hockey. Yeah, McDavid is like what, like a minus nineteen or minus eighteen or something. He shouldn't. uh, I mean, whatever. I I don't believe in the stat, but Larkin's like what minus or minus plus twenty five or twenty six at this point. So I mean, 
I don't know if the, if 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 it means anything. Like everybody makes it out to be uh, for the people who vote for the the award. Uh, yeah, if McDavid wins it, then this is a farce. And the Oilers suck. JJ, you got anything, Dad? Yeah, current rookie scoring has Panarin with uh, 14 more points than than Larkin. Uh, he's got four more games played, but um, they're tied in goals. A lot of 12 of Panarin's points are on the power play. Uh, Lark, that's the thing. Is Larkin gets a lot of his points, uh, 35 out of 38, um, at 5-on-5. Five five. Yeah. Or even strength. I mean, he's, I don't know how many of those have, have come 4-on-4 four four or 3-on-3 three three even. Um, I think that it's the first thing, Panarin isn't a rookie. He's 24 damn years old. He's been a veteran in a foreign league that is comparably probably a little bit better than the AHL. So he's not a kid. He is, he's got 18 goals. So his entire lead in points over Dylan Larkin is all assists. And he's playing with the points leader. I know a lot of people will, it's not like, not like Larkin has been playing with scrubs. That's true. But when it comes down, like you're looking at the all-star game, Panarin didn't go to the all-star game and his freaking line mate did. Dylan Larkin went to the All-Star game, and none of his line mates did. So right. if you're looking at who's getting the better usage of teammates, I think that Panarin is probably going to get quite a few votes, but I think that, uh, that the voters are still a little off-put by the fact that he's five years older than the field, um, and that's going to cost him some. And the fact that he's playing with a powerhouse Blackhawks squad is, is going to take away from him. Um Eichel's doing great things. He's two points behind Larkin right now, uh, two goals behind him, and he's got two more games played, and he's a minus 15. Um, Max Domi, Shane Gostisbehere, I mean, there's a, it's going to depend a lot, but if the season were to end right now, um, I think Larkin would have a real damn good shot of winning it. Although, if the season ended right now, that would be, be like right after the All-Star break when, when Larkin's stock is still really high. So if things continue to go like this, I think Larkin's got probably as good as a, as a 50-50 shot. So, You know what's funny to think about, and this is completely unrelated to the rookie points race or the Calder race or anything, but I wonder how the Blackhawks are going to handle P- Panarin and, like, Teravainen and, you know, like, Andrew Shaw and all these other restricted free agents that they have coming up, like, how that's how they're going to finagle a way to to not like you know have to trade off someone you know there's a there's a lot going on there this is completely unrelated but it's interesting to think about because those two will be having expiring contracts at the same time and they're both going to be due pretty big paydays yeah, but this is probably what the fourth time we've wondered this about how Chicago is going to keep all this shit together. Yeah, I know, but you know, fuck them. I just I want them to be bad. So just shh. they won't be yeah. bad. They'll be good for a very long time. Yeah, that sucks ass. So yeah, Larkin should win the Calder, um, and I think Mrazek ought to win the Vesna, and that's the. I don't know if he should be. I don't Holt think he's beat. got a good shot at winning it, but I think that he should. He should win the heart. I don't care about because he's too valuable. What I don't know what that noise is, but someone's like moving shit around their desk or something. Oh, sorry, that's me. Jesus Christ! Damn it! That's the last <laughs> time we invite you on this podcast. Let's oh, restart. Shit.
<laughs> Welcome to Minute Motown Radio. I'm Jeff Hancock. Just kidding. We're not restarting. No, we're not. Uh, speaking of restarting, I bet Dylan Larkin <laughs> wishes he could restart the, I guess, he, camcorder, video recorder, whatever, six years ago when he made uh, his his snip show video. Uh, Kyle... <laughs> You kind of discovered that gem of a video, and it's kind of gone all over the place with, with the wing site and Khan not saying hello to us, but but Galley did and and Channel Seven just what the fuck, man? What the hell was that video? And talk about it. We kind of buried the lead a little bit here, but well, it uh it was brought to my attention by uh, a Twitter user. I'm sorry, I cannot remember your name. It wasn't that one dude though. It wasn't that... the one person who yelled at me last night. Um, which which you posted the fuck that you put the fucking post up on whim at like 12:50 in the morning, and he yeah. tweeted you at like 1:30 in the morning. And yeah, so I mean, a, whatever. Get a life, dude. I hope. Yeah, get over it. it you, yeah. Um, yeah. Fuck you. But. <laughs> I uh I I had you know I watched the video I put it into our little chat that we had and it was just like holy shit how has this not been found so yeah we did a quick little post on it and it just turned into a you know a, you know obviously stuff like that will just blow up um and it uh it, it was deleted the next morning <laughs> so and then it just recently got re-uploaded by uh by Eric I think his name is JJ, is that his name? Evan. Evan, I'm sorry, Evan. Oh, Evan you're an is, asshole. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll start calling Ev- you like Kim. <laughs> sure, Kim whatever. Murray. Um, Good job, Carl. Thank you. Uh, Evan uh, had posted the video. He's the 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 other guy in the video with uh, E. With Slayer. Bill, e. G. With, Slayer. Uh, yeah. E. G. Slayer. Yep, that's him. That was his parents' basement. Um, and uh, he out of the you know, the kindness of his heart reposted the video. So now it is up on our site for you all to go witness and enjoy. Um, I'm just so thankful that it wasn't like the worst thing ever. Like, I mean, it's the it worst. It was in the fun sense though. No. Yeah. yeah. In the fun sense, not like the way we are like, Oh God, it's like, what the fuck was this. I doing as a child type video? Right. It's yeah, not, but it's, it's not innocent videos where I, it's not one of those videos where it's like, Oh God, I can't post this. He's not like kicking a homeless guy or saying racist <laughs> things or anything. It's just right, like exactly. a kid doing dumb kid shit. Two yeah, suburban white they kids. Is like they mentioned Patrick Kane in 2010. So, yeah, he's a product I mean, of the time. He was 13 years old. This was like right as the Vancouver Olympics were going on. So, whatever on that. Like, I'm usually not into like cringe comedy. Like, oh, it's just so awkward. Ha ha ha. That's great. But this was like perfect cringe comedy because it was. Yeah. Because you feel bad for him knowing that he's going to grow up to be like that. But shit, I mean, if, if you can't admit that you were like that at 13 years old, then get bent. Everybody's yeah. awkward at that age. Well, and it, it gives him a little more personality t- to him and, and yeah, a little more exactly. humanize him a little bit because you, you can watch it and you can laugh and have fun, but at the same time, again, we're all thinking like, I'm sure we we did dumb shit like that as, as children, but it, it's cool. And the fact that, you know, it got taken down and went back up and now we're seeing the diggers finally starting to ask him about it like four days later after it was initially relevant because that's what they do. <laughs> They're on top of things. Uh and it, it doesn't seem like he shied away from it, and like that's the best no, thing that can happen. Instead of him trying to make it go away, is just be like, "Yeah, I'm he, boss, I he own it, it. And, and it's fun." And you, you saw the sign; someone, you, we, I think, got retweeted on whim, like the "Welcome to the Snip Show" sign, and and 
we got a thing now, and it's awesome. Here's yeah, what it was, happens every time he it, scores a goal to Joe. I hope that his goal song becomes Born in the USA by Springsteen. Because <laughs> he is I mean, born in the USA, and Springsteen is the boss. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I would, yeah, <laughs> that, that makes sense. And it would make sense because they play terrible music at the Joe, so. What yeah. about, isn't <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> isn't there, I, I feel like Seth Rogen's in the video, but it's like like a boss. Like a, I don't, I don't a know. comedy song or something. It, that that should be his, his goal song. But we'll probably get that stupid, like, whatever song they play now. Because the DJ there is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, yeah. Deadspin picked up the the uh, post too, which was surprising. Yeah, it, it seemed like today, today more and more, I guess mainstream outlets were picking it up. But which is great. I hope he. I hope he was totally embarrassed. Oh, I, I wish. I'm still waiting for Franzen to do something with it. <laughs> Soon, it will happen, well, and yeah, we will be all over. Back. Well, you know, he's going to take crap from his teammates, and like every time he does, he can just be like, "Well, you can talk shit when you catch me in goals." Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, speaking of teammates, though, our teammate, Michelle, was kind enough to bring us a prospects report this week. The Griffins had been having trouble scoring goals lately, but Friday night against the Rockford Ice Hogs, they exploded for nine goals, which was more than they'd scored in their previous five games combined. They kicked the Ice Hogs' butt in a pair of games over the weekend, obliterating them 9-1 to on Friday night and then beating them in an exciting 4-3 overtime win on Saturday. Mitch Callahan had a hat trick and five points in the 9-1 win, and Mark Zangerly and Nathan Page each had three assists. In the two games against the Hogs, Callie had three goals and three assists, Andy Neely had four assists, Marty Furk had four goals, Mark Zangerly had four assists, and Nick Jensen had three assists. Tomasz Nozek had two goals, including the overtime winner on Saturday, and Thomas McCullough made 37 saves in the 9-1 win, and then Jared Coral made 29 saves in the 4-3 overtime win. Friday night's 9-1 win tied the Griffins franchise record for largest margin of victory in a single game, eight goals, that was set on three previous occasions. November 11, 2011 at Hamilton in an 8-0 win, February 24, 2002 versus Utah in a 9-1 win, and then April 1, 2001 at Cleveland in an 8-0 win. Something else that's noteworthy in the two games, not only did the Griffins' offense explode, but they managed to score five power play goals in the two games. Four of them came in the 9-1 win, and for a team whose power play has been atrocious that's good to see saturday night i was at the game and they had a couple of really good power plays early on and they did score a power play goal but then by the time it got midway through the second period maybe the power play just started to look like trash again the griffins couldn't get in the zone they were cycling in the neutral zone passing backwards skating around it didn't even look like they were trying to get in the offensive zone and then when they did manage to get zone entry somebody would finally skate it in it was like rockford easily picked it off and sent it back the other way i'm really starting to think this is a systems issue. The players that are on the team are far too good to be playing this poorly on the power play and it reminds me a lot of watching Detroit's power play this season. There's no explanation for it. I don't understand it and it just seems like there's not very much forward momentum many times and so they'll 
players will pass the puck back and forth or they'll circle back and cycle. It's like they're waiting for the opposing team to relax and let them enter the zone instead of just carrying the puck in with speed. I don't understand why they keep doing what they're doing since it obviously hasn't been working, but it's painful to watch when it's not good. Rockford had several shorthanded scoring chances on Saturday night, and it just, it shouldn't have been that way. Their penalty kill wasn't that fantastic. It's just that the Griffins' power play was so limp. And it's kind of weird to see it go from really good early in the first period and having them score a power play goal. Thank you, Marty Furk. And then look like complete trash again later in the same game. Jakob Kindle and Andreas Athanasiu were both recalled to Detroit before the weekend set, and Danny Cleary returned from his knee injury. Louis-Marc Aubrey was a healthy scratch on Saturday night, so that Joel Recklitz could come in to be the tough guy and stand up for his team. I'm using air quotes there, since the Hogs would likely be looking to take out some frustration after the previous night's spanking. What Recklitz did was proceeded to take an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty on his first shift early in the first period, so he got to go sit in the box for two minutes. Thankfully, the Griffins were able to kill that penalty off. He saw sparse ice time, but he did manage to take an extra roughing penalty with about five minutes left in the second period, get into a fight, and pick up a 10-minute misconduct for continuing an altercation. So he put his team shorthanded twice, got in a fight, got a 10-minute misconduct, had 19 penalty minutes, and spent most of his actual time either sitting on the bench or in the penalty box. So good job, Nelson. His presence in the lineup was certainly well justified. Marty Furt continues to blow expectations out of the water. He had four goals over the weekend, and he now leads the team in goals with 18. He's third on the team in points with 28, and he leads the team in shots on goal with 100. Watching him this season has been a lot of fun. He's doing all of the little things better that he was struggling with before. He's doing a really good job of back-checking, of being more defensively responsible. His skating has improved, and he's shooting the puck. He's playing with confidence that I've never seen him play with since he was in the QMJHL. He's firing the puck from anywhere, and his shots are going in. He has such a lethal, wicked shot. One of the goals on Saturday blew past the goalie. I don't think the goalie ever saw it and came right back out. It was just in and out, and the goalie never saw it. It's incredible. Tomasz Nosek scored the overtime winner on Saturday, and it was well-deserved. He had a fantastic game. He had at least three shorthanded scoring chances, and one of these days he's going to learn not to pass the puck to Danny Cleary, who's his line mate, because that's painful to watch. He'll get Nosek with speed. He'll get zone entry. He'll pass it up to Dan Cleary, and poof, nothing. Usually when you get an player back, you're at least mildly happy that they've returned to the lineup. It should be an upgrade. But with Dan Cleary, man, he's slow. You can see it on the ice. He doesn't have the hands. He doesn't have the feet. I still really wish he would have just hung up his skates and retired. Andy Neely now leads the team in points with 35 and 26 of those points and assists. Eric Tangrady is second with 33 points. Then Marty Furk and Anthony Mantha with 28. Mantha has 12 goals on the season and 28 points. And while most of the time he hasn't looked like a superstar player, he does continue to improve and look better. Xavier Willett's come on lately with more points. He now has 17 points in 37 games, and that's only two points behind Robbie Russo, who's garnered a lot of attention this year for the number of points that he's put up. With the overtime win on Saturday, Jared Coro now has 21 wins on the season, a 9.27 save percentage, and a 2.3 goals against average. He's continued his fantastic play and currently sits fourth in the league in save percentage and fifth in goals against average. And his 21 wins on the season put him at third most wins in the league. Michael Layton from the Rockford Icehawks has 23, and Peter Budai from the Ontario Reign has 26. So that's two NHL experience goals. 
goalies that are ahead of him. I cannot stress enough how good Coro has been this season and how big a part he's played in the Griffins' success, especially after their struggles early on. He's showing that he has some good potential and that the Wings were wise to sign him to a contract. With the two wins over Rockford, the Griffins put an end to their five-game losing streak. They now have 54 points, which puts them third in the Central Division, five points behind the Milwaukee Admirals for second, and they're fourth in the Western Conference. With their power play goal explosion, they improved from 13.7% on the power play last week to 15.2% this week, which moved them from 26th to 23rd in the league. And their penalty kill improved to 85.4%, which puts them at 7th in the league. So they're making some progress on their special teams. The power play still needs to be a focus, and they need to be consistently good, because it's obvious that they can be very good on the power play, and then other times they look like monkeys trying to hump a football. Down in Toledo, the Walleye suffered two losses last week, both to the Kalamazoo Wings. They lost 5-1 on Friday night and 5-2 on Saturday night. Zach Nastasiak registered an assist in each game, and Jake Patterson and Jake Patterson made 19 saves on 23 shots in the 5-2 loss. Toledo still holds on to a 13-point lead to sit atop the Northern Division with 58 points, and they're third in the Eastern Conference. Unless something drastically changes, that looks like a pretty safe spot for them to be. In other prospects news, in the OHL, defenseman Vili Sarajarvi played three games last week, and he had two assists, including the game-tying goal with less than three minutes left in what ended up to be a 5-4 overtime loss to the Sudbury Wolves. In addition to his two assists, he also had 15 shots on goal and two penalty minutes in those three games. He's currently 14th in scoring among all OHL defensemen, and he's third on his team in points with 29, but he's first in shots on goal with 147, and the next closest is left-wing Ryan Moore with 109. So is not only contributing a lot of offense from the defense, but he's also taking more shots than anyone on his team. The Firebirds got their first win since December 18th in the 4-3 overtime win over the Saginaw Spirit on Wednesday, but then they lost their next two games, the 5-4 overtime loss to Sudbury on Friday, and then a 2-0 loss to Kitchener on Saturday. Flint has a miserable 15 wins on the season after playing 50 games, and their 36 points are third worst in the league. The Erie Otters, Kitchener Rangers, and London Knights have already clinched playoff spots. Eric Woodyard penned an article in MLive last week about Philly Sarjarvi, his billet family, and how he's adjusting to life in Flint. In regards to all of the well-publicized team protests earlier regarding the head coach, John Gruden, Philly Sarjarvi said, All that happened during the season. There were some tough times, but you just have to go through those. Those guys that get through the tough times are going to do the best, so that's what I'm trying to do. Meredith and Joe Hamo are the billet family for both Vili Sarajarvi and Zach Pittman, and listening to Meredith and Joe talk about the two boys is very heartwarming. They talked about how both Vili and Zach fit in with their family and their two daughters, and Joe said, I love him. Both him and Zach have basically restructured the alignment of our family. He said, I'm going to stick with Vili for the rest of his life. I'll know him until I'm old and gray. He's like the son I never had. From everything I know about Sarajarvi, and I've had the pleasure of talking to him numerous times, that doesn't surprise me in the least. He's a kid that you love to root for. Despite the Firebirds having a terrible season this year and struggling on so many different levels, it's great to hear that Vili's keeping a positive attitude and that he keeps giving it his best and persevering. In the QMJHL, Adam Marsh got an assist in his first game back after he missed nine games and almost an entire month with a concussion. The St. John Sea Dog currently sit atop the Maritime Division with 68 points, and Evgeny Svechnikov and the Cape Breton Screaming Eagles have 58 points and are third in the division. Speaking of Svechnikov, he had four points, two goals and two assists, 
four penalty minutes in two games last week, and he was the second star in their 4-3 overtime win. Alan Muir wrote an article last week in Sports Illustrated titled The Next Generation of Russian NHL Players. In that, he mentions Evgeny Svechnikov, and he says a multifaceted winger blessed with a complete skill set. Svechnikov is on track to becoming a solid top six winger for Detroit. Size and skating are his prime assets, making him tough for defenses to handle off the rush. He'll probably be more of a playmaker at the NHL level, but he's shown some finishing touch in the QMJHL, scoring 54 goals in 90 career games. While he does mention Svechnikov as being a winger, and he's definitely a center, it's pretty cool to see Chevy get some recognition as being called out as one of the next generation of Russian born NHL players. Out in the WHL, defenseman Joe Hicketts picked up four more assists in three games last week as the Victoria Royals picked up two regulation wins and a shootout win. Hicketts is currently 12th among the Western Hockey League defensemen in points. He's sixth on his team in points and first among defensemen. Chaz Redekop is the next closest D and he only has 22 points compared to Hicketts 41. The Royals are in second place in the Western Conference with 73 points and they're just two points back of the Kelowna Rockets for first. They're also on a nine-game point streak. They've won eight of their last nine and are on a game win streak. In those nine games, Joe Hicketts has nine points, and that streak started just a few games after he returned from the World Juniors. Center Dominic Turgeon picked up a lone goal in three games last week and two penalty minutes. He still leads his team in points with 51 and goals with 26. The Portland Winterhawks currently sit 7th in the Western Conference with 54 points, still battling to try and make the playoffs. In the BCHL, Chase Perry picked up a 6-3 win, allowing 3 goals on 29 shots. He now has a 2.66 goals against average and an 891 save percentage in 38 games played. In college hockey, defenseman James DeHaas didn't register a point in his two games this last weekend. He had two shots on goal, was a plus two, and two penalty minutes. Over in Europe, Christopher N. registered a goal and two assists in three games with the Forlunda Junior 20 team. The way the leagues are structured over there, there isn't any big deal for him to go between the elite team and the junior team. He's been struggling to get very much ice time up with Forlunda and hadn't registered a point since October, so he's been playing a few games with the Junior 20 team, and it looks like it's doing him some good. He's not only getting points, but also some more ice time. He's currently centering their third line. Axel Holmstrom picked up his seventh goal of the season with Schleftia on the power play last week. The puck popped right out in front, and Holmstrom was going to the net in perfect position where he should be. And he continues to lead all rookies in the SHL in points with 22. And that's what's going on in the world of Red Wings prospects. Thank you, Michelle, as always, for your wonderful prospects report. Now, as always, after the prospects report, I said as always twice, so I'm just going to keep saying as always. We're going to give it to our resident mailman, JJ. Read your questions. Let's do it. Let's crush it. Go. Hey, all right. Uh, we're going to start right off, just jump into it. Teen Kicker Death uh, wants to know, do we see Mirazik's contract extension uh, before the end of the season, or do we get to some summer drama? Does Kenny give him a bad contract? Do we perhaps see a uh, an offer sheet come out? What's going to go on? What's going to happen there? Um, Jeff, go ahead. Uh, not during the season. There'll be a little summer drama, because I bet his agent's going to want to see, you know, is he nominated for Vesna and that kind of stuff. Uh, won't get to free agency or anything like that, or restricted free agency. He'll get signed to some sort of bridge deal or something. Uh, offer sheets, nope. I if you know you've seen the Blackhawks, you know, strapped for cap space so many times and have guys with offer sheets. And I, I mean, there's the one time with what Niemi and Jalmerson where they had the issue, but so so many times you see teams that are right up against the cap with restricted free agents needing contracts and no one ever seems to actually put in an offer sheet so i just don't see 
why now it's going to be any different. The the old school GMs, they just don't seem to do that. And I'm not really concerned about him going elsewhere. Yeah, I uh, I personally think I think it's in their best interest to try and get it done during the season. But in all actuality, I don't think the agent or the player lets that happen. Um, but yeah, I don't think that an offer sheet happens. Um, if it did, it would have to be like they would. It would have to be a contract that even I don't want to sign Mrazek to. Like, some what would that like, be? I don't know. Like a like a something where he's getting paid like more than Jimmy Howard. But if you consider that Jimmy Howard gets dumped somewhere, does that bother you? If he's making six million dollars a year, someone offers. Yeah, him but $6 do you million. honestly do you honestly think that? I mean, I don't think Jimmy Howard's gonna get dumped anytime soon. I just don't see it. Well, I think he will, but I just don't think you're getting anything good in return for him. I think no, we're just at that point where someone will take Jimmy Howard. You just can't expect anything worthwhile coming from it. Based on last year's compensation, if Mrazek gets an offer sheet for Jimmy Howard's AAV of $5.2 million, um, and the Red Wings don't match that, they get a first and a third round pick for that. Right. Well, you have to match. Yeah, you will match. I mean... It- but I, I, it's just like I don't think a team is willing to pony up those sorts of assets on a guy who has only seen how many games. Like, I, I don't, I just don't see it. I don't think anybody really sets. Like, I, I I'm pretty sure any GM would love to have Morazic on their team, but I don't know if they're willing to pay something like that. Plus, you know, put give him a big, humongous contract. That seems kind of like a. Um, one step forward and two steps back, in my opinion. I think Mrazek is in a case where it is possible that this could finally be an offer sheet just because of, of everything, but yeah, I, I don't see it happening. Um, I don't see the, the signing happening before the end of the season. Um, I think that the Red Wings are going to try to get it done before July 1st, um, but you know, you, you mentioned the, the player and player's agent not necessarily being in a hurry i'm not so sure that ken holland is in too much of a hurry right now as far as yeah for sure listen kid i want to i want to pay you i know that that you're worth it but you got to give me you got to give me a chance to move jimmy howard first to, to know how much i'm going to be able to pay you um another consideration is the red wings maybe to avoid all of it in the first place they may just take him to arbitration yeah yeah I don't really know much about arbitration, it, like in at all, in how it works out. But they say uh, mean things to drive his value down. Yeah, I know they try and just argue about money. Plus, the player gets to decide whether it's a one or a two year deal. If Mrazic, if they actually go to arbitration, it will benefit Mrazic. But it's just a way to essentially short circuit the uh, the offer sheet process, uh-huh. and then they can work on signing that bridge deal. What kind of one at their leisure. One or two years, he's still in RFA, right? Yeah. Does it matter? Right, right. So I, I personally believe that what's going to end up happening is a two-year deal worth probably like six million, six seven million dollars, probably. I'll jump for joy at that. But yeah, I, that would I, I be don't, amazing. I don't disagree because I think that. Uh, and then by then, one if thing that is, Ken Holland is actually good at doing is is signing those kind of bridge deals. Yeah, and then by the end of that, if he is still putting up those numbers, then you give him fucking seven million dollars, eight, yep. ten. I don't know. You just you, you unload. You 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 can't let Mrazek go. You can't let Larkin go. Well, Larkin, we've got plenty of time, so that's good. well. I'm just saying, like those are your cornerstones for the future, in theory. 
Oh, you yeah. gotta find that defenseman now, and we're, we're all set. Yes, sir. Speaking of uh, goalies, we're gonna stay on this with James Weiss. Wants to know uh, how to fix Stephen's cousin. Yes. Yes, that's spelled him. differently, but they're still cousins. Same thing. It's weird. Um, fixing Jimmy Howard would sending him down to Grand Rapids on a conditioning stint help him regain some confidence. I don't. They can't just do that, can they? Um, if they feel like he is out of shape, they can send him down for a conditioning stint as long oh, as he's okay. used to it. I mean, right. we could fake a groin injury too. I'm sure. Yeah. Right. Um, I don't. That's a horrible idea. I don't, I don't think it'll happen though. I think the only way we're going to be able to fix this guy is if we win him a fucking game and not expect him to win us a game. I don't know. Yeah, kind of a, a weird follow-up question is you've got to have Jimmy Howard play either Sunday against Boston or Monday against the Islanders. Um, you maybe bite the bullet and give him the, Bo- the Boston game. Give him the Boston game. Yeah. Isn't he usually yeah. bad against the Islanders? Uh, he's bad against everybody. Yeah, that's what it feels. It feels like he's bad against everybody. Well, this like. year, but yes. Um, yeah, I'd like to see... Let's get Howard versus we'll... Gustafson on Sunday. Let's do it. Yeah, let's get fucking weird. That'd be nice. Backup be backup, yeah. <laughs> um, I think that, yeah, definitely the, the, the first order of business is to get that guy a win. Um, but obviously he needs to hold up his end of the, the bargain as well. Um, I don't know. I... I I don't know what to say about him right now. He his his confidence is absolutely pulverized at this moment. The mental game is gone. Um, his posture is bullshit. He's he's broken, and uh, it really is. I mean, like it would be nice for the Red Wings to come out and like win a game like seven to four, where Jimmy Howard lets in four goals and they score seven goals. I don't think that's going to happen. But um, I mean, it might against Boston. Maybe you never know. <laughs> they did lose nine to two to the Kings, right? But I mean, the thing is, is that if if it, I don't know, I, I he's he's an enigma right now. I don't know what to say. But yeah, maybe it, it's a stint in the AHL might do him some good. It really would, and it, you know, it, maybe it would do him some good, and maybe it wouldn't do him some good. I, I I don't know. I I just at this point, I don't. No, you don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's. Yeah. I honestly kind of like the idea of giving him a conditioning stint. Yeah, yeah I, I like the idea. I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I don't think it'll happen either. How, um, much, how much stock do you guys put in the idea that conditioning stints for goalies have the potential to like completely tank their confidence? Like, say it doesn't go well in well, the but at this point, like how much stock do you put in that him? It helped Jonathan Bernier, I believe. Yeah, I, I think it could, but honestly, isn't didn't Jimmy Howard say like after the last game like I'm amazed I'm still in the NHL at this point? He's no, like, he's it's a privilege to play in the NHL. He said I, I'm playing at the end of the day. I'm playing in the NHL, so I'm very lucky. So and that just tells oh, okay. me that yeah, he sounds, has that like, okay. yeah he has absolutely no confidence in himself. So he needs a confidence booster. I don't know if it's like a if it's an ice cream cone or an <laughs> AHL game stint or something. I don't know. He needs something. So big old pat on the back. A big pat on the back, a fried chicken dinner, and uh, I don't Sounds know, good. hang out with uh, with with Jakob Kindle down in the AHL because he'll be there by then. Yeah. All right, moving on. Uh, Kansas Tenji wants to know how long AA stays with the big club. The rest of the season. Should be right, yeah. Uh, yeah. Who else? I mean, what? Miller's not coming back this season. He's donezo. Yeah. That's, I mean, he should. He's one of the best 12 forwards in the organization, so... Yeah, I mean, unless we want to like switch around, maybe get no check up, 
get Mantha a few games. Like I, I'm totally cool with playing Athanasiu in every game for the rest of the season. Yeah, I um, think he's he's probably one of the best bets in terms of bottom six right now. A uh, guy can play wing. He can play center. He's fast. He's very fast. He's like. I think he might be faster than Larkin. No, Larkin's the fastest skater in NHL history. Yeah, well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, the record book. Still waiting on that race. Um, all right, our sizzle's got to kick us right in the balls. Oh, boy. Uh, how good are you that we finally made it back to the zero goal differential? <laughs> oh, I'm proud. Whatever. I don't know. I, I mean, they. What every time you turn on a freaking Wings game, Ken, Hall, or Ken Daniels is like... All the one-goal games. Here's the record in one-goal games. I mean, the Wings, when they win, it's a close game. When they lose, it's fucking awful. And that's why their goal differential sucks. It's cool that they're back at even. Uh, They're going to be hovering around that number probably the rest of the year unless something crazy happens, and it is what it is. They win because of Mrazek. Yeah, the goal differential, anybody who wants to bitch about that can fuck off because of the 1A, 1B thing that was going on. That went on for too long. Like, it's not something I'm... No, I'm not proud of I'm it. I'm not thrilled happy. about, but it is what it is. In this. But it, it, the, the, a really large culprit of it is that you were 1A, 1B, a, a goalie who the team would win with all the time, and then a goalie who would play really well, but the team would just still lose. So I don't know. Maybe that has a lot to do with it. So yeah, goal I put it more in the offense sucking. Well, yeah, the offense sucks too, but whatever. I'm right in my analysis. Uh, is Larkin's play style high risk? I love watching the kid, but the way he flies around the ice and stretches himself out, I keep expecting an opportunistic opponent to catch him coming around the back of the net and railroad him. His speed gets him out of trouble, but also makes such a potential hit that much scarier. Sure, it'll happen. At some yeah. point he's going to get rocked and he's going to learn from it, and it's just part of being a young hockey player. Yeah, that's, high risk, that's high hockey. Hopefully he doesn't get hurt or concussed, but eventually he's going to catch one. It happens. Yep. Yeah, basically, I'm hoping that he's not Artem Anisimov because that guy got himself rocked like every five games or so. It felt like he was getting himself blown up. So as long as he can avoid doing that, eh, there's a lot of good skaters who uh, who are able to to adapt without without getting truly hurt. And you just kind of hope because I don't want him to change his game to be too afraid of that. I don't think he will be. He's a grown yeah. up. He's a very uh, adult, 19 year old. The boss. The boss. All right. The Red Wings have been a Jekyll and Hyde team since the All-Star game. You know, all four games. Uh, what would be <laughs> your favorite monster for the Red Wings to play like for the rest of the remainder of the season? Well, favorite monster. What do, you, what do you mean? Like, I want them to want play them? like they did against the Islanders where they won 5-1. to one and dom- like, What, well, what kind mean? of monster would have beaten the Islanders 5-1? to one? Uh, Oh, like actually like Frankenstein? Uh, the Kraken. Oh, um, I mean the Python, Cloverfield. I want them to be the boogeyman. Animal. Do you see the Cloverfield sequel trailer? No, I don't care. Shut up. Oh. I want yeah. them to be the boogeyman. The boogeyman. I like that. Yeah, I uh, want them to be the person that everybody is afraid of when they're when they're when they feel like when you're young and you and you're vulnerable. I want everybody to feel vulnerable, and I want them to be the boogeyman and just swipe up from under the bed and just grab them by the face, rip their face off, punch their skull in, rip their legs off. Have a smoke and then walk out the front door. Because <laughs> that's what the boogeyman does. I want them to be oh. like Galactus. Sure. Just eat planets. Destroy our, yeah. yeah. Destroy our worlds. Yeah, I'm gonna. That's a good answer. I just saw um, Pacific Rim for the first time this past weekend, right. so I'm going to go with 
um, one of the kaijus because the only way that but they all die, we, don't they? Spoiler alert. No, listen, listen. <laughs> God damn it, Jack. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> the only way that they can be taken down is with giant robots, and giant robots are not allowed in to play in the NHL. So, yeah. Neither are bo- boogeymen. So, that's true. I'll oh, go maybe. with uh, the Wendigo. I don't know what that is. Cool it sounds like a Winnebago, but like yeah. it transforms into a robot that's a monster and eats people. Oh, you know what? I'm going to backstep a little bit here. I'm going to backpedal. Predator. Uh, Why do you want to... Yeah, no. you go live in Nashville. That's though. Nashville, though. It's gross. Predator could disappear. Oh, that has nothing to do with Well, I, I'd Nashville. rather be Arnold Schwarzenegger, because doesn't he kill people? He's not a monster. I mean, he could Yeah, be. he's kind of a monster. <laughs> I'm a monster. Oh, look, my phone is blowing up. <laughs> That's honestly the best comedic line from a commercial in years. Oh man! Oh man! I you okay over there? No, I'm not okay. Sorry, Kyle. I'm doing really bad. <laughs> Batman's not a monster. I don't know why I just said that. Yeah, we got. Yes, I do. Yeah, people in the chat talking, talking dumb stuff. Batman. Next question. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. Yeah, there's a trade about Howard. I don't care about that. Uh, can you classify Red Wings players as cuts of steaks? Ooh. And then there's a big picture of all the beef cuts here. Um, I've got one answer that I that I thought about. I didn't bother thinking of any others. Um, but Datsuk is absolutely, he's the strip steak because he strips the puck. Yeah, he's the filet mignon. So is Larkin and Mrazek. Uh, uh, well, used, he used to be the filet mignon. I guess he's not anymore because he's old and slow. Hmm. I would say that. I mean, as a, uh, and trust me, I worked in a butcher shop for eight years of my life. Hmm. Well, what shit, I, you run with this then? Well, I mean, I was a dishwasher for like six of those years. <laughs> I think Glenn Denning is the rump. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Erickson is also the rump. The rump roast? Yeah. Let me see yeah, if I remember the nice butt. The rump roast, I think, I don't remember if that's the one that you put in the crock pot and it falls apart. And then the eye round roast, that's the one that you when you, you slice it on the slicer, like to make roast beef. Yeah, those ones. Um. <laughs> I mean, I, my personal, I, I love the porterhouse because you get the strip steak, with the, which I love, on one side. And then you get the filet on the other side. But you also get the bone. And the bone, I feel like you get a little extra flavor when you have it, the, the steak on a bone. Okay. So, um, advocator's ribs because it's greasy. Um, a rib steak also. Oh, that's known. good. Yeah. You know, as you take the cut it off of the bone. And All right. I don't want. I, it's not so emerald live. This is not emerald live, Jeff. Emerald? <laughs> no, Bang. he doesn't do a show anymore. Anymore. It's, it's, I would say that Larkin is. What's the prime rib? Yeah, he's the prime rib, he's like from pri- Kobe, aged Kobe, prime Kobe, rib Kobe. Yeah, r- aged Kobe beef r- prime rib. No, he's not aged. Well, Can I mean, Datsuk is aged Kobe <laughs> beef prime prime ribs. He's just the fillet. He's the fillet. Larkin's the fillet. Okay, that's. Fine. I like this picture though that they posted. That's yeah, good. I'm looking at it right it's now. Making me hungry. I know. Right? <laughs> looking at a cow and raw it's meat. Steer. Cows give milk. Steer give milk. Right, I'm fucking. Jay Stone it. had a wonderful response to this question. Anyway, he said, uh, <laughs> "These are the Red Wings we're talking about. They're all tender groin." Boom. <laughs> Love it. So we're just, just going to kill that question on that answer because that's yep. perfect. I'm gonna go uh, ahead and... L.A. Wing said he was listening to a podcast from 2012, so good on was you. Was it ours? I hope it was ours. Uh, yeah, JJ, you said that then you wouldn't retire Pebble's number unless he won another cup. What are your thoughts now? Um, since I'm JJ, I'll, I'll go ahead and answer this question. 
I still feel that Datsuk shouldn't have his number retired, but I'm probably more for it than I was back then. Uh, I still think he's got to win another cup. Like I said, my, my concept on getting numbers retired is it's got to be absolutely no hesitation, no question, and I'm just not there with Datsuk. So you're no on Zetterberg too, then? Absolutely. Okay. I think I think I'm I'm yes on Datsuk and no on Zetterberg. No, you 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 can't retire Datsuk number if you don't retire Fedorovs. Yes, you can. No, you can't. Three cups versus two cups, an MVP versus no MVPs. Selkie, uh, they both Datsuk's have Selkies. Have career uh, in Detroit. Don't care. Yeah, yeah, he didn't go anywhere. You can't Doesn't see matter. me, but I'm doing like the wank motion none of that right now. Well, yeah, because your opinion's bad. No, my opinion is is the greatest. No on nope. Fedorov. No on Datsuk. No, no one, JJ. literally everybody on the re- on the roster right now. But what about Osgood? <laughs> no. <laughs> he's not on the roster. He's not, yeah, he's not on the roster either. Literally no pending jersey retirements for me at all. Well, I know put- a lot of people disagree about Fedorov. I don't care. Keep him out of circulation unless Stamkos wants to come here and then give that 91 away as fast as you possibly can. But They should already have given it away if they're no, not. No, they shouldn't. Retirement. Shut up. I mean, whatever. Who's going to wear 91? No one should. Brad fucking Richards, who's underachieving? Fuck that shit. I thought of giving it to Tatar. I don't give a shit. He wanted he 90. He can he have 90. He doesn't wear 91. Yeah, he wears 90. No one should wear give 90. Give it to Yurko. No, Yurko doesn't deserve it. Yurko. I'm cool with that. No, let's give, it, let's give it a shot. <laughs> Fuck it. No, I'm okay with him not giving it to anybody other than Stankos if he wants it. But <laughs> I don't want his number retired. Like, don't give 16 away while Konstantinov is alive. Don't give 6 away because it's just a tradition by now. Uh, don't give 91 away unless it's super special. And if you're going to retire 91, just goddamn do it. Stop wasting time have, making us argue It's this just Illich's petty little year. grudges. It All right, once, so no once retire- he dies. Yeah, and then Chris Illich just takes well, over and starts at least retiring numbers it. for the, that- like the avalanche. That's who could be in the Hockey Hall of Fame, so that should be good enough for y'all. I don't know. Fedorov's in the Hall of Fame, and that's not good enough for you, so suck it, Kyle. Shut up. Fine for me. I'm I'm okay with it. I mean, I, I, do. I, I don't want his number retired, but I'm not, like, mad. Whatever. Can we switch? Calm down. You know what? No. <laughs> switch you. I do like Lancerman's response that listening to old win podcast and pointing out dumb shit we say should be a new yeah. segment i mean if they want to list if our readers and listeners want to like listen to our old podcast and point dumb shit out to us and every please do. every podcast will we'll make fun of ourselves absolutely i just don't yeah, have the time to go because we probably said some dumb shit like yeah. jj being excited about a stephen weiss signing i probably we was were, weren't we i probably i definitely was i don't I care. Was. yeah do, do that please lance everybody listen to our old podcast and just remind us of the horribly dumb shit we've said. Yes, because we are know-it-all assholes. Uh, ben Bishop, Let's Go Red Wings, wanted to know, if you had a bunch of money to spend, would you go to every Red Wings game in a season, home and away? Yes. If uh, I didn't need to work, and I didn't, and I had enough money to pay all my bills, I would absolutely do it, because that would be one hell of a time. Eh, no, probably not. Well, you're a bad fan. Nah, not really. No, you are. What about you, Lauren? I sure. Why not? Lauren's here. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Jump in. Um, I think I would. I um, you know, it's a lot of travel, obviously. Um, but I think it'd be a lot of fun. You know, you'd obviously get to see every um every arena in the league. I think that'd be pretty neat. Um, that's yeah, that's the big thing for me. 
and and the thing is, is like, yeah, you'd see a lot of, you, you know, you'd see plenty of losses and all that kind of stuff, but you'd also see every win, you know, so you'd be able to witness all of the great stuff, even though you're also seeing the bad stuff. And it doesn't matter that, you know, you're like, oh, I, you know, paid money to watch them lose. It's like, well, you're paying money to watch them every oh, game anyway. So I would rich, like, so. I would like to do yeah, that exactly. that to last season for sure. Like, like I would love to do that for that last season, as long as he wasn't hurt, which probably yeah. won't. I think I might like, I would try to go to a lot of them, but I might skip a few. Notice, notice like the two married backs. people say no. And the two single people said, yes. Yes. Right. Exactly. It's a clear divide here. That's true. Good point. Uh, in honor of Ablocator painting Mackenzie's back porch red in that fight, if you had to fight one of the Red Wings, which one would it be? Uh, Erickson. I'd, yeah. Get over I'd lose, <laughs> but if I could hurt him, like, get him out of the lineup, I'd take the, I'd, I'd take the, the beating just you for know, that. let me think here. Let him punch me so hard he breaks his wrist or something. I'd fight <laughs> Fershweiler. <laughs> I'd fight, um... I would fight. It's not that I hard. Would, like I would three fight. Answers. No, no, no. What do you mean? There's three answers. There's like three answers. I would Brandon fight. Kyle, I would fight Kyle Quincy. Why? Because I'm pissed at him ever since they asked him what his favorite music was, and he said that he likes. That's reggae. your own fucking problem for watching the shitty ass Fox Sports Detroit intermission. It's on my. TV. <laughs> Why don't we get some hockey lingo He's from so Darren Nazi? <laughs> Fuck that shit. Well, if you're so if you're so adamant about it, why don't you come over here and change it? I can't because you're a Bruins fan and you love Boston. I live in Boston. I do love Boston. It's a nice, really nice city. Yeah, we all love the city. Minus the host, I enjoy our coverage way better than what Fox Sports Detroit does. Not the not Jack, but the intermission host. Jack does a great job. But no, uh, you you fight Erickson. You could fight Glendening. You could fight Kindle since he's on the roster now. I don't have a reason. Anderson, maybe. Yeah, you fight the shitty guys in hopes that you hurt them, so they can't play. Glendening is fine now. Fine. Then it's Kindle. It's Erickson, or it's it's Anderson. Yeah, that's a good question. Does is everybody like is he is everybody okay with Luke Glendening now? We already kind of touched on that. I mean, like as long as he's in that fourth line role and he's not centering Tatar and Nyquist, like fine. We'd rather have Polkinen in, but we're not gonna. We got Athanasiu, so like instead of continuing to just bitch and pretend like we're miserable, let's just be happy with having eleven out of the twelve best. All right, three forty one spec, baby. Sure. Um, Fuck it, I'd fight Zetterberg. Kiss my ass. uh, Wow. Man. Um, Jealous? Who's can't grow a beard like that? Yes. I can. I've been shaved in like a while just for the outdoor game we're going to. Cool story. Thanks, bro. I'm growing mine out too, so. Also a cool story. Fuck y'all. Anyway, uh, I would fight. Who would I fight? Um, you know, I I have a hard time believing that any of them would. Don't stop believing. Would. <laughs> um, I don't know if any of them would hit a woman, so I could well, take them all on at once. All 23 of them. Wow. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Do I get a machete? <laughs> Next question. No. <laughs> Maybe a, a duck to fight alongside. <laughs> uh, Lancerman, uh, what would be something that Luke Lindenning or somebody else that you hate uh, would say to you on the ice that would probably cause you to cross-check him in the back of the head? Also, no, you cannot use Blashill's going to play me on the line with Datsuk and Zetterberg. 
Um, I don't know, because I don't think that I, he doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who goes for like, you know, the the real low blows. But you know, you don't know what's said down there. So uh, I guess maybe if he said that, I don't know, that pizza is bad, maybe I'd be like, "Fuck you, dude." That'd be a good reason to cross check a guy in the back of the head. Yeah. <laughs> be insulted, Brendan Smith. <laughs> All right, off to a good start. Would your children be proud? I don't have children, so I think you're the only one that has to worry about that, JJ. That's true. I don't know. He'd have to say something pretty damning, maybe, about my wife. Yeah. Otherwise, I mean, I mean, I fucking played peewee hockey, and some kid was like, your mom's a whore. And I'm like, you don't even know my mom. The last time that I felt like I wanted to go after and punch somebody right in the head, that was when the whole John Scott thing happened. Um, when they said, are your kids, do you think your kids will be proud of this or whatever? That was one instance where I was like, you know, I would probably have attacked the person who asked me that, but it's good that I'm not in that situation because, you know. Because you don't have kids. Yeah. Right. I mean, JJ, like, if somebody had JJ, it's like, if your boss had come up to you and said, do you think your kids will be proud of the work that you did today? Like, I mean, right? Like, as a parent, you'd be like, fuck you, dude. Um, like, if it were specifically trying, like, an attempt to yeah, if you manipulate were in John- me into doing something, yeah, yeah. I would I would have uh, thrown a punch. Yeah. Or seven. Or seven. Totally going to find a reason to say that to you in Denver. I will headbutt you. I swear to God, I'll break your nose. <laughs> will you break my larynx and my neck? Bleed all over your damn beard. And your <laughs> shitty Brendan Smith jersey. <laughs> I'm bringing my Tatar jersey, too. Wow. Yeah. I'm bringing my Glenn Denning jersey. Don't need anything else. I might not even bring my Brendan Smith one. I haven't decided yet. Wow. I hope you bring pants, Kyle. Yeah, you sure I mean, I have to stay in a room with him. I hope he's definitely bringing pants. <laughs> what the hell? You said you were going to bring your Glenn Denning jersey and, like, nothing else. Oh. Yeah, well, we'll see. I haven't started packing No, yet. you're fucking bringing pants or you're not staying in the same room as me. <laughs> <laughs> like, this, this isn't a question. <laughs> like, it can be sweatpants. It's fine. It can be spandex, but there's some form of, like, leggings that you're wearing. I mean, I'll bring. I'm bringing my spandex, so it's all good. No, you should wear a banana hammock the entire time. I have time tights, and I'm wearing my tights if it's this cold out. My, so. This is my official statement. I am wearing pants to the Stadium Series game this year. Great. Just the entire time you're in the hotel room with Jeff, you have to wear a banana. Nothing but a banana hammock. <laughs> no, that's how this works. <laughs> he hasn't even paid for the room yet. And dance a lot. <laughs> Ah oh, man, Jeff, I'll just pick up your bar bills. No, I'm just kidding. I got the money for you. Don't worry about it. I mean, All yeah, right. we're later, but <laughs> right now don't. About it. Moving on. <laughs> Operator Z wants to know when uh, Xavier Willett will be brought up to play for good. Fucking three years from now, man. Yeah, it's he's not. not he's time. not coming up this not year. Anytime soon. Maybe next year at the earliest. Yeah, and that's that's maybe he might just get moved. I don't know. He might be. Uh, great. Acadia ninety six. Uh, asked one question we've already answered and then says would you like to see players have their nicknames on their jerseys for a game or so just like the NBA has done um, basically like if Datsuk had like instead of wearing Datsuk on his jersey it said Magic my, Man my first response was fuck no that's stupid the NBA is dumb my second thought was ooh do we get D-Boss on a jersey <laughs> <laughs> um, the problem is that like, NHL nicknames are, are they're dumb. dumb everything's gonna be like Kaner Millsy and yeah, uh, I'll pass. Yeah, I was no wondering, thanks. is it 
is it the nickname they have for each other or can like the fans can the fans vote I mean what do you see for Peter Mrazek you know they'd, they'd probably come up Slayer. with something like I see some people call him Razor and I I just can't shit box? I can't <laughs> <laughs> I would pay I love that that's my favorite. okay so here's the idea it's next season. That's how you do the fan vote at the All-Star game is the All-Stars wear their nicknames on their jerseys and the fans get to vote for that. And obviously you can't be like, no, we're not going to call this guy fuckface. You have to give him a, <laughs> him a real nickname. Well, then no deal. <laughs> <laughs> because you know that's what would happen. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I would definitely at least vote one of them fuckface. <laughs> and you would too, JJ. Oh, absolutely. I'd leave the charge on that. <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess that'd be kind of cool. It just depends. Yeah, it'd be stupid. Eh, it's so corny. It's it's all-star game level. Yeah, it, you do it for an all-star game. Otherwise, fuck off. Well, no yeah, idea. for the all-star game, it'd be something, maybe, for like the, the skills competition. That's it. Yeah, I like that. Um, Beer X Goose wants to know... Uh, since the roster deadline for the World Cup of Hockey is March 2nd, any chance Larkin makes Team North America? Yes. 100, 100, 100, 100, 100. He will absolutely be like the 3C. Yep, the young stars from North America. They're not yeah. going to... Well, oh yeah, that's right, the young stars thing. He might He might crack, like, he will definitely be a top six guy then. Yeah. yeah. I forgot. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think there's any way he's not on that team. Uh, Big Text D three hundred four wants to know with all the different leagues NCAA, CHL, OHL, WHL, QMJHL, blah blah. blah um, they all seem to have like kind of a different personality. Mm. Um, in your opinion, is any one of these leagues better for development than the rest, or does it kind of depend on the individual's development needs? Like Joe Hicks yeah. playing out west in a more defensively minded league may be better for him while Svechnikov in the queue needs to really get the, the goal-scoring touchdown? or Well, it's... And I've had this conversation before with uh, Scott over at Pension Plan Puppets on what is probably the, the best league in terms of development. Um, it seems that the, the, the popular choice is the OHL. Um, the QMJHL kind of pulls in last just because it seems to be kind of a gong-show league. Um, a lot of scoring. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, defense. Yeah, like Mantha exactly. scored, what, 80 goals in 80 games? 81 and 81. Yeah. Um, That's pretty close there. Right. But it, and then, you, you know, you, you have Crosby who played in the QMJHL and, and uh, Lemieux. So, I mean, it really depends on the year. It depends on the draft class. It, depend, it really depends on a lot of things. But I think this year, um, the OHL is proving to be probably one of the the better uh, and then the WHL. I think uh, Hicketts is in a good spot. Same with Sarge Harvey. Uh, I think Turgeon is in a really good spot for a two-way forward, um, the kind of guy he is. Uh, so I don't know. It's really tough to say because I don't get to watch CHL as much anymore. So I guess you just go OHL, WHL, QMJHL. Sure. I like college hockey. College hockey is probably the best in terms of everything. So Yeah, I think they're they're probably pretty well-rounded. Yeah, they, the they, American. Do, they do it all. Okay, we've got a few that we're going to go kind of uh, rapid fire. Oh, I like rapid fire. I like it. Later on. Um, Yvette S19 wants to know, essentially, because we've already talked about Helm doesn't belong in the top six, but 
Right. Do you think we would value him more if he were on the fourth line? Like, would he be like, oh, he's he's yes. We can't we can't get rid of him because he's so amazing on the fourth line. Um, so yes, from Jeff, Kyle. So That's like in terms role. of like so like rapid are you fire. Talking, are you, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Lord. Sorry, what was the question? Helm on the fourth uh, line. Yeah, Helm on the fourth line. Would you uh, think like so much more of him that like we couldn't possibly get rid of him? Oh, um. Uh, yeah, I think so, because I think it's a perception thing with him, you know, not contributing as well as we think other guys could in the top six versus, you know, Darren Helm, best third-line center in the league, according to Babcock a few years ago. I think that's a perception change, so, yes. Yep, I agree, though I would only agree up until the end of the season where it's like, we're going to pay a fourth-line player how much? Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going into, but it's rapid fire, so. Yep, and I get final say, so. Uh, is it time to go after a top talent in the offseason? Who? <laughs> no. So I mean, no. I just, that's a good, I, I agree with Kyle, who? It's like, in terms, of free, in terms talent. of free agency, no. Stamkos. Okay. Yes. Adrian Carlson. Know. Yes, then sure, but. <laughs> I always want to get better. Yeah, there's basically not a time to not go after top talent, so. If there's top yeah. talent available and they want to come to Detroit and you have the money, fuck it. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that Holland will try to – he will inquire on Stamkos, but I don't think he's going to have nearly as much flexibility as other teams will. So Yeah, he'll kick the tires. Uh, Follow-up, do you see another level for Goose and Tatar to reach, which is kind of the can they be truly elite or are they good? No, no. They're, they're where they're at. No. Maybe a little bit better for each, but that's this is their – you know, 20 to 30 goals. Yeah, their ceilings are 20 to 30 goals. 50, Top six players. Yeah, 50 to 60 points. It's They're not going to be elite players, and, and that's fine. They don't need to be elite players. Nope. Lark, you found Larkin as one of your elite players, so. Yeah, you, you got plenty You got plenty other players that you could possibly see as elite players in the in the future. All right, uh, Red Wings 26-13-5. Let's know uh, Brandon Smith's plays improved greatly this season. Credit more to Blashill. Or to Smith entering his prime and coming into his own? I credit myself. Lauren, what do you think? I think Blashell. <laughs> I say Blashell. And Jeff credits himself? I, I say Jeff. I'll let you interpret that however you want, but I'll say Jeff. Uh, Blashell is the right answer. Yeah, he's always been the same kind of player. Yeah, Brian Smith is I was what he is. I that it could have been me or Blashell because we have the same name. Whatever. Yeah, we got that. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> hey, Jonah Steffies. Uh, God bless this guy because he's always got some fantastic trade uh, ideas in here. Uh, Cam Fowler, Nyquist and Quincy for Fowler straight up. What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, that's just an obvious yes. That yes. Like, does anybody say no? I don't know. Maybe. No, I'm just kidding. Fuck it. Do it. Yeah, he's a top four sure. defenseman. And he Played has a for good Windsor. Contract. He's local or something, right? He has yeah. a good contract too. So yeah, why not? I don't know if I want to get rid of Quincy though, guys. Oh, I know. You're getting rid of him in the off season. No, you're not. Lauren, what do you think? Sure, go for it. Alright. Uh, Teen Kicker Death wants us to discuss the FNUF trade. Um, what's there to say about it, really? Crap for crap. Yeah. I think that Toronto came out on top on that one. Because they, like, honestly, they got a bunch of really weird, crappy players, uh, including Cowan, who is probably one of the worst defensemen in the league. Um, but, uh, most of the contracts that they got were expiring and they didn't and they got a second round pick and they didn't have to soak up one dollar of his albatross contract so i think the leafs kind of won that one so 
Yeah. Ottawa got the best player, but they got a $7 million second-pairing defenseman. Uh, it, yeah, I mean, he is like, what, maybe a four guy at his where he's at right now? Yeah, yeah. and that's the thing is he got played, he got sheltered on the second pair this year, and he started to look good, and he got moved, and it's just not a, a good... So, yeah, I think uh, Toronto won on the race to the rebuild there. Yeah, for sure. But also hurts because I think Ottawa was able to dump more salary than they took back, and it's going to make it... I think they're going to be able to keep Carlson, and I hope that doesn't happen. I hope Carlson wants out. I don't know his contract. How many more years does he have left? Four? Two? More? two? two. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's go two. Well, they can sign a really bad contract and then just derail that, so who knows? It could be. I don't know. Ottawa sucks. Yep. Uh, let's see. New Arena names. We've got an entire post about the new arena and names, so uh, just go read that instead. Mm-hmm. It'll um, be nothing related to the word palace. True. Or pizza. Right. Shoeless Joe wants to know, is Detroit safe yet? Uh, I can remember driving to Detroit for years to see the favorite team playing. Um, my family constantly yelling at me not to look at strangers or talk to any of the panhandlers. Um, basically, is it okay to be out and about in Detroit for Red Wings games? Yeah, it's fine. I mean, if you're downtown, you're fine. Like, you're not rolling around the the west side or the east side of Detroit. So as long as you're not running around, like, throwing $100 bills around and being a jackass, yeah, you'll be fine. Yeah, that's the thing is... I've always generally stayed with the crowds every time I've gone up there as a fairly obvious tourist. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just, you're going into the Joe with a big crowd, you're coming out of the Joe with a big crowd, you go to a great town where there's big crowds, and it's safe. Uh, the very first time I went there for H2H2, uh, we got caught out kind of late, and I had to talk to a homeless guy, but that was, it was literally nothing. It was a a little scary moment, but you would do that in any city. Yeah, that's eh, not Boston. There Whatever. are basically there are parts of Detroit that you you absolutely don't go into, mm-hmm. and those parts are not really that close to where you're going to go see games. Fact. So, uh, let's see. Uh, kind of related to the the Dion thing, but uh, since Leafs are dumping a bunch of contracts, uh, does this? help them with uh with with signing Stamkos? Yes, yes, he will be a Maple Leaf next year. Yeah, they'll give him like 15 to 20 million dollars or something stupid. Probably not that much, but they'll give him a lot of money and a lot of term. And you know what? That whatever whatever Stamkos Stamkos ends up signing um in if it ends up being Toronto, it might end up being a contract that I might not want to sign. I'm trying to think of a contract that I wouldn't want to sign Stamkos to. I don't know, man. Well, what's the max you can sign a free agent to? Seven years. And how much money? 20% on the cap. Yeah. So, say it's that. No. I don't no. Care. There you go. There's don't a contract. Sign that. No way. All right. Fair enough. Um, we always hear about Glennie chirping at other players, so could you come up with a top seven insults for Atlantic Conference rivals? What would Glennie say? Uh, yeah. Um, the one that comes to my mind is to Tyler Johnson. You have an ugly fish fuck face. I, I had something pretty similar. You're, you fuck you, you fish face. <laughs> uh, you have to go personal. Like you yeah, can't you, just. Yeah, like you have to go. You ugly son of a bitch. I can't just go like go up to the Leafs and go like, oh, where's Dion? You guys are dropping like flies. You're like Game of Thrones, except their Jeff, their Joffrey is better. <laughs> <laughs> 
actually, I don't that understand would be pretty that. awesome if that happened. <laughs> I would be really proud if Glenn Denning said that. Yeah, he just says it to the whole bench. <laughs> a lot of them look at him like, what the hell are you talking about? I never I watched that show. You can't talk smart to NHL players. Like the best, one of the best chirps I've ever heard was when, and I don't even remember who the hell said it to him, but Miller was arguing with a guy and like, he talked some shit about him playing in the in the AHL. And the guy, Matt like, Martin, back. wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it was Matt Martin. Yeah, the guy yep. turned back like, you were in the AHL longer than I was. Yeah. And then he told him to go dye his hair. Oh, yeah, that was amazing, too. Go dye your hair. Thank you for reminding me. Uh, let's see. Uh, that is a prospects question, so we're not answering that. Uh, D-Boss versus D-Boss. We've been calling him D-Boss, B-O-Z, and everybody else is D-Boss, B-O-S-S. Um... It's, should discuss it's, that. It's D-Boss. It's D-Boss, but I want it to be D-Boss. We're saying the same yeah. thing. We just have more slang to it. Yeah. D-Boss is so much better than D-Boss. It takes the tone of what the whole video was and and just makes it makes it better. Plus, you get more TLC puns out of D-Boss. Right. Oh, we lost that battle. He himself basically can't D-Boss. Yeah. So, whatever. Ruining the fun. And the very last question... Uh, Nick knew. I'm probably too late, but did Polkin score enough goals riding the bench to make it into the lineup? No. <laughs> well, I guess we'll see tomorrow, maybe. No. He already no. said there's no lineup changes. Yeah. By the way, the whole lineup changing thing, the you, JJ, you pointed this out during the week. Like, the fuck are you doing, Blashill? You're like, yeah, I'm not going to announce the whole goalie bullshit. And then he fucking announces the whole goalie bullshit. <laughs> yeah, that was really that's stupid. Although somebody pointed out, it may be a case where he said, "I'm not going to announce uh, tomorrow's starter before today's game," because mm. that was kind of a uh, that was a back-to-back issue. Whatever. So, I'll just blame but, it on the diggers sucking. <laughs> That's always a good option. Great. The, the last part of that question is seriously that was a lineup that seems to work. Would you swap Glenn Denning with and Polkinen? Use a lot of ends for Glenn Denning because nobody can ever spell it right. <laughs> it's not true. Glendo. G L E N D E N I N G. Congrats, Jeff. Wow, the spelling portion of this program should be a big hit. <laughs> uh, I'd like Polkanen to be in the lineup. Absolutely. Well, just yeah. ask. Sure, I don't care. Uh, take any penalties. And then your fourth line can just be like Shayan, Helm, and Ablocator. With the way the power play is right now, you absolutely should think that Polkanen is in the game. With Why? Blunt- They're not going to use him correctly anyway. Because green is out. You need that, that right-hand shot. Like, not going to use them correctly anyway. All right, whatever. They're not going to use them correctly anyway. Trying to keep I think just a broken record up. over there. Hey, Smith hasn't been that good on a power play. <laughs> no one has. Yeah, whatever. They're not used properly because Fischweiler sucks. Uh, that was the last question. I was listening this time, unlike last week. Uh, <laughs> really quick because this is like a really fucking long podcast. Week ahead. Senator, Senators at home on Wednesday, Avalanche home on Friday, Bruins home on Sunday, and on the road in Brooklyn on Monday. What's the record, JJ? Uh, we're going to go 3-1 this time. 3-1. and one. Kyle? We're going to go 2-2-0. Two, two and oh. <laughs> uh, Lauren? Um, I'll go 3-0-1. Oh Since I'm going to say 3-1 and one just because I'm going to copy JJ. <laughs> Uh, but they're going to lose the Bruins game. Uh, any final hockey-related thoughts? See, I had them losing the Colorado game. Oh, that's fine. You didn't mention that, so. I know, but I wanted to like let you say something so that I could say something different, mm-hmm. just so you can't take credit when it comes. Well, right. we're definitely losing the Bruins game because 
I want them to win that game. So I can't have nice because things. Because you want the Bruins to win that game. We get that. Yeah. Final. We know you're late. a Bruins fan. Yeah, go Bruins. I teared up when Lucic came back today. I actually didn't watch it because I don't have Nesson, the, the fucking company I work at. I don't get that station at my home. <laughs> uh, and it's blacked out on center ice. So oh, that's so amazing. I just follow uh, Nick Goss's tweets. And uh, <laughs> final hockey related thoughts. Great. Right so for Kyle and Lauren and JJ, this is Jay Boss winging at Motown Radio. No. <laughs> that was no. terrible. Uh, good night, everybody. Bye. Night. You're going to be J.H. Slayer. No, I'm I'm Leah's favorite thing in the galaxy. <laughs> That's right. Hans <laughs> Cock. <laughs> Someone's got to start singing it now. Winging it. Very good. Born in the USA. Hope that song's ass-capped.